St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there, or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever been at a Christmas gathering with your family, your kids or your grandkids, and the kids are doing the thing where they're unwrapping the presents and you're enjoying it, you're watching them, you see the happiness on their faces, and they seem to be grateful for what they've been given. And then they get to that last one, and they unwrap it, and then they look up, and in a disappointed voice, they say, is that it? Is there no, are there no more presents? Is this the last one? Now, we've probably been in that situation where we as the parents, if we're parents of small children, and they're the ones that are asking that question, we turn a little red, get embarrassed, especially if other people are there, because... It's kind of a rude question. It's candid, but it's rude. It's honest, but it's sort of rude. Is there anything else? After all this effort you went through to wrap these presents, the time, the money, the care, the thought, I want more. That's rude. Okay, that's rude. It's rude for anybody. Our parents can deal with it, of course, though. We sort of know how our kids are. We see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's embarrassing when it happens in a public setting, doesn't it? The kids don't realize, especially the little ones, that it just is a rude thing to do. It's not a good attitude. And when it is in a little more public setting, like with extended family, as it were, well, the parents are thinking, this kind of reflects badly on me. It shows everybody at this once-a-year gathering that I kind of do spoil my kid to an extent. Their greediness is on display as well. Now, that might be the temptation for some smaller kids at Christmas time, but I think that adults, we can display this attitude ourselves as well, especially when it comes to our expectations of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Throughout his ministry, the three years in which he went around teaching, preaching, and healing, Jesus knew. He knew about the pitfalls that people would have of his kingdom expectations. And so, what he does on several occasions is he tries to nip it in the bud. He's like a parent who sort of recognizes the possibility of that kid saying that rude statement at the end to grandma and grandpa. The parent says, okay, Billy, this is the last gift. Nothing comes after that to keep the kid from the rude comment. Well, Jesus, in his ministry, takes opportunities to warn people off of having some sort of big expectation about a showy kingdom, a showy reign of God. He says today the kingdom of God is not coming 
in a way that can be observed. And so don't be fooled when people come along and say, here it is or there it is. See, he knows, Jesus knows very well, there are going to be people. There have been, there are now, and there will be people who are going to want something more from the kingdom of God. That is to say, the church, who are going to want something different from the church and from the kingdom of God than what it actually is and what he has set it up to be. And because there are going to be those people who want more, desire more, desire better, glitzier, more glamorous manifestations of that kingdom, there are always going to be, at the same time, snake oil salesmen who will be very happy to oblige in their fancies, telling them what they want to hear. And so hence, our Lord gives his very direct and clear warning. Our passions, the things that drive us, those are funny things. Whenever they get free reign in our life, whenever we just feed them whatever sort of passion it is and without any bars on it, well, they control us. And I hope we know this from personal experience. For example, it's not wrong to eat. We need to eat to survive, but the sin of gluttony is when we are ruled by the food that we eat. It's not wrong to seek marriage. God set it up in creation and reiterated his blessing of it after the flood as we've looked at in our studies this week. But many people in society are completely driven by the sin of sexual lust. So too, with a skewed desire for God's reign in his kingdom, for what it is and what it should be, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for you Christians to want God who made you, who made the world to rule, to have his way and his power manifest in the world. This is God's kingdom, his creation, and Heavenly Father knows best. And what's more, it's also a good desire for Christians to desire to, to want to see the enemies of God, those who profane his name, those who harm his body, the church, to see those enemies put in their place. It's a good desire for Christians to want their daily bread, to pray for it, to desire it, to work for it. It's good for that. What's not good is to desire these things to be the indicators, the marks, the picture of God's kingdom in the measure and at the time that we think best instead of God. I want you to think about it. You know what God's kingdom is. The reign of God in Christ. The proclamation and the belief and the word of reconciliation. God has fixed the bridge between man and himself through the person of his son, Jesus. You know the catechism's words of it, I hope. God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. So it is clear enough, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit we have in the kingdom of God so that we can believe his word, live godly lives now and forever in heaven. That's the kingdom in a nutshell. But I think in a moment of quiet, clear honesty, if someone were to say make you individually, talking to each one of you individually, to make you the prime minister of God's kingdom, well, would you perhaps be tempted a little bit to do things differently than God has already done them up until this point?
maybe a little bit of more raw power against the enemies of God? Yes, please. Like the disciples who wanted Jesus to call down fire from heaven and consume the Samaritan village which rejected him, much in the same manner of Sodom and Gomorrah, which we heard about. Well, maybe if you were the prime minister of the kingdom of God, a little bit more bread to eat of its various forms, just like the multitude in John 6, which once after Jesus feeds them with that miraculous loaves and fishes, wants to make him king on the spot. And okay, we're good German Lutherans. Who here wouldn't want the power and the authority to have the miracle that happened at the wedding at Cana at your fingertips to be put on repeat? For those of you who forgot, Jesus' first miracle, he turns water into wine. And that's to say nothing about the healing miracles that Jesus performs. I don't know. It's true for me. It might be true for you, is it? Wouldn't it be nice if the kingdom of God, his reign, his church was a little more, well, grand and powerful? I think it's fair to say we all have our ideas and those unmet ideas that we have about God and his church sort of manifest itself in how often we come to church or how often we pray. But finally, I hope and take it for a reminder that it is that we remember that what we want individually doesn't really matter that much. What matters, Christian, is finally, well, what's actually true? What is God's kingdom as he has set it up, as he has told us about? The kingdom of God is his, and his alone, not ours to make or remake in our fashion. It is what it is simply regardless, and I'll even say this, frankly, that's a great thing. If Jesus, if Jesus were still performing miracles, the food type, the drinks type, the healing type, with the same frequency, and just all over the place in the very raw, obvious, manifest way that he did it, and if he was still executing that visible, unmistakable, yeah, that's fire from heaven, not from a missile, but from heaven, that judgment on his enemies, if he was still doing those things in the way that he did during his ministry, I absolutely guarantee you this. We Christians would very quickly lose sight and get confused about what the chief purpose of his kingdom is. That is to say, the forgiveness of sins that comes down to us from Jesus on the cross. The gospel of peace. See, the thing that we need most is not bread and fish multiplied, not good wine at a wedding, not even to have, yes, not even to have our worst pains and sicknesses healed, but rather the worst thing, the greatest thing, the most needful thing that each of us need from God the Father is the forgiveness that he offers us through his son, Jesus Christ. It's his pardon. And thank God that that's exactly what his kingdom, his church, is centrally and all about. It's the essence of his kingdom that God comes to you and says through his servants, in spite of your sins, for the sake of Jesus, my son, and his blood, I forgive you. You have an inheritance and a dwelling with me forever. That's what the kingdom is. It's what church is. It's what Christianity is. 
And so, seek that marker, chase that banner, hope for that sign and gift. And to whatever degree the rest of the things come, I'll take them for what they're worth. But instead of seeking those things, love Jesus Christ and his life that he has for you and hold on to that this Christmas and always. Amen.